You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 18. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Q's Podcast, where we'll talk to credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. In this podcast episode, we'll explore social media strategy with Charlotte Boots. Charlotte is the Director of Client Experience and the Social Media Strategist for Weber Marketing Group. Weber Marketing Group specializes in branding, strategic marketing, and branch retail delivery for financial institutions. Charlotte Boots brings over 12 years of experience in account management, brand strategy, and consumer insights development to guide positive outcomes for clients. The interview took place at the Q School of Strategic Marketing 1 and 2 last summer in Seattle. These schools help leaders implement higher-level marketing at their credit unions. You'll also learn how to increase returns on marketing investments through better allocation of resources. You'll also understand your role within a fully integrated marketing plan by working on analyzing and understanding buying behaviors and developing an analytical framework for creating marketing strategies. Some key takeaways from my interview with Charlotte Boots include identifying the role of social media within branding strategy, considerations for utilizing social media as a means for driving engagement and culture building activities. Thirdly, tips for managing and resourcing social media from a tactical level. And finally, understanding the value of revisiting your current social media policy and training on social media. There is so much to discover, so let's go straight to my interview with Charlotte Boots. Charlotte, thank you for being part of the Q's podcast. Excited to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with the Weber Marketing Group? Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm happy to be joining you. I am a senior account manager here at Weber Marketing Group, and then I also have an area of expertise that I can offer to my own clients and then my colleague clients as well around social media strategy. So I'm our social media strategist in addition to having my own accounts, which is fun. I get to see what other organizations are doing that I'm not directly working on for other projects, which I really enjoy. So within that social media consulting, our real focus is, you know, going back to our focus on brand and culture building. How do we use social media to contribute to both brand and culture building? There's so much I want to ask about this. Isn't it though it's so important to have like a common voice Mm. with social media? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yes. I, I think, you know, you certainly want to be reflecting your brand. We talk a lot about how the tone of voice in your brand should be your brand personality, like a person, right? Has some casual days and some, some formal days. And so where some of your channels, like, you know, you think about your annual report or things that are much more formal and buttoned up, you probably aren't putting a smiley face emoticon in your annual report. <laughs> But when you get to your social media channels, you do get to have the more casual end of your spectrum. And you do frequently, it becomes the place where you get to talk about things that are relevant to your staff, things that are relevant to your community, where it's content that might not be, uh, might not have a place in other channels. And so you get to have more diversity and and more fun, frankly. We also really think about it from a, a content ecosystem standpoint. So, you know, one of the big challenges that I'm sure many of your listeners will relate to is resourcing social media and the big commitment to sort of feed the content beast, right? There's just um, organizations that have 
had social channels, but not really done a good job, not tended them well. A lot of times it's a big hurdle to imagine what it would be like to have a much higher volume and more diversity of content. And so, you know, if you think about it from the perspective of, you know, that same content could be your article in your newsletter, could be on your blog, could be, we've even seen how some organizations are using that to be traditional advertising as well. So if you think about social media, not as the siloed set of channels, but really as an integrated part of your content ecosystem that helps you maybe justify the, the expense of, of producing content, just the time it takes. But it also becomes a really good place to drive that content if you are sort of feeling that pressure to have frequency in those social media channels that then is great for your blog, that's great for your newsletter, that's great for your advertising campaigns and other communications through email because they benefit from all of that additional rich content that you're creating. You mentioned managing time. What are some ways that credit unions can become efficient with the use of their social media? Yeah, that's a really big question, a really big deal that we talk about when we're talking about how to ramp up your social media program in general to really showcase your new brand, or even if your brand isn't new, if it's just time to take the next step. We spend a lot of time figuring out what's organizationally appropriate for time management. There's a few things that you can do to just be well organized. Talk about content categories like, you know, what's pre-programmed content? What can I do in a batch? Get done and set it and forget it. Because you can yeah. plan ahead and yes. say, we're going to release it on this date. Yes. So that's a nice way to be efficient. Yeah. And depending on what kind of tool you have, um, if you're using something, a publishing platform, you can actually go ahead and put those in a queue to schedule on specific dates. So you really can set them and forget them. So like all of your holiday notifications, do those all at once. Mm-hmm. Get those out of the way. If you do financial literacy tips and tricks, do a full quarter at a time. So some of that kind of, I mean, just, it's really just time management, project management. We apply that sort of discipline. How can we think about and build our program to be as manageable as possible in addition to being as engaging as possible? Because what you really want to be able to do is respond when opportunities arise when somebody in your branch, one of your branches sends a cute dog pic who is in the branch that day and, and, oh, you know, look, uh, our member brought her dog in and we gave him a dog treat and they're so happy. And here's a picture. You want to have capacity on your team to publish that and not be, you know, focusing on making sure you have your holiday notices out. So we do talk a lot about how to just sort of structure your your program management from a kind of a tactical level. The other thing that we spend a lot of time talking about is engaging other people in the organization to be content developers. I think that's so critical to a robust and interesting and engaging social media effort. And by engaging, I mean both for your members and prospective members, as well as for your staff to be thinking about the marketing department's role as more of like an editor in chief than the beat reporter and be enrolling people throughout the rest of the organization to help develop that content. And of course, you're curating and and approving it from sort of a central, a central location. But yeah, how do you get other people to take some of that off your shoulders? And, and we know that that's hugely meaningful. For some people, not everybody wants to do it, but some people in the organization get a lot out of playing that role. 
These are really important things to think about. I know a lot of listeners, this is on their mind. This is something that uh, they can deliver every day to reach their their members. Yeah, you know, one of the things that is a barrier to this, and again, uh, your listeners may or may not nod their heads when and, and see themselves reflected in this, but we find that there are still a lot of really anti-social policies on the books. And so we always encourage organizations to think about revisiting their policies and doing some internal training to make sure that their staff understands that their engagement does matter. Their engagement does drive organic reach. Their engagement does help diversify the content and that they won't get in trouble for liking a post on Facebook because they're not supposed to use Facebook at work. So, you know, I think there are still a lot of organizations that have what I call anti-social media policies and nobody likes to change policy. That's not the fun part of it. Nobody gets into the social media game because they want to wade deep into policy, but but we do see that being a really common barrier and, and we're advocates for reevaluating that. Do you see that then when Weber Marketing works with all the pieces of the credit union organization that they reflect and say, okay, we, we do need to make some changes? Yeah. What kind of results have you seen? I mean, how common is that? That seems like one of the greatest challenges when it comes to social media yeah. to get that reach. So have you seen success when consulting with other with credit unions and then yeah area. absolutely yeah and and you know it it doesn't take a lot it's not difficult to educate your staff on what you do want them to be doing and what is meaningful it's just that you know there's a a perception barrier people in a lot of organizations think that they're going to get in trouble for interacting with you know let's say the credit union publishes a post and People will not like it during work hours because the policy says you're not supposed to be on Facebook during work hours, even though, you know, we all have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram on our mobile devices. So, you know, it's sort of, it's absurd to think that people wouldn't ever check in. And it says to them as well that the organization doesn't value them as, as a network. And so we have found that when organizations change that conversation, get out in front of it and give some just really basic guidelines. You, we'd love it if you liked and shared our posts. Please don't comment on, on service concerns. We have a process for that. And so if you see something that you are worried about or nervous about, here's who you flag. We are monitoring our channels and we have a process for responding, which includes sometimes not responding, depending on if it's a troll, we sometimes don't engage, right? But by asking your staff to play by some pretty easy rules, you do, it does make a big difference in, in your organic reach. So it's important to anticipate, this is all part of the strategy, right? Mm -hmm. And when those situations do come about, it's important to practice or role play. Mm. Once you, you say, okay, this is what we're going to do. What if these situations come up? How are we going to handle them? And then communicate that with everybody mm-hmm. on the team. So it's not, not like, oh, what are we going to do? Yeah. So just, you know, be prepared for those things. Yeah. What are your statements? How are you going to handle that? I like how you express that. Yeah. You know, responding to negative comments is, we, you know, we talk about that as a type of anticipated content. We can anticipate at some point that somebody's not going to like something and that they're going to express that. And so we have, you know, some guidelines for how we respond so that once 
we're in that situation, it's not, you know, the emotions taking over because it can kind of sting a little bit, right? As an organization that's trying really hard to do right Mm -hmm. by your members and somebody comes and says something pretty mean, uh, which does happen. Mm -hmm. It, you know, it's easy to take that personally, but by planning ahead, you know, these kinds of things happen and they happen to everybody. And what matters more is how you respond to them. People will, will recognize that you are trying to remedy when somebody's not satisfied. If you try to remedy it, people give you a ton of credit for that, for being open and transparent and trying to make amends. People appreciate that. And they don't, you know, people know that not every organization is perfect 100% of the time and, and they don't have that expectation. So I do think that that's another barrier for a lot of our our clients who are less engaged in the social game is that this fear that somebody's going to say something mean and it's like, well, everybody says mean stuff. I mean, right. everybody has mean stuff said to them. It's how you respond and you can plan ahead and be prepared and, and move through it really successfully. It's a way to frame your mind and, and be prepared for that. Great advice. Great thoughts. Appreciate that. Thank you. Now, you want to communicate your brand through social media mm-hmm. as all other components of education and communication. And when considering budgets for next year, we're going to have an increase in budget and marketing, for mm-hmm. example. Some people will look at and say, okay, what is the return on investment or the return on, on the objectives? Yeah. How can you... Sometimes it can be difficult to do. I know a lot of listeners are thinking that how... How do I justify the spend? Sure. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of different ways that you can be measuring and tracking your success in social. So, and some of them, well, I'll say it's very difficult to get a direct return on investment in social channels. But that being said, I really encourage your listeners to be thinking about social channels also as paid channels. So it's important that you are thinking about content development that can earn organic reach, that is good enough that people will like it and share it and engage with it. That said, these channels have also really developed some sophisticated ways of targeting through paid. And if you're not currently allocating any of your budget, any of your marketing spend to social channels as a, as paid channels, it's really time to get, get in the game and it can be extremely measurable, extremely targetable. You can design campaigns through social that target by geography, target by net worth, target by demographics, target by interests. I mean, in ways that you that you can't do in in any other channel. And so that can really help to justify the overall investment in social is if paid is part of that mix. So other ways that you can know that you're doing well in social, you can do some some peer benchmarking, see how you're doing in terms of reach and engagement versus peer. One of the things that we don't think is as important as we kind of used to, right, is how many followers or likes or how many followers you have. In in as much as there's there are ways to sort of get vanity followers. And what's more important and what's more valuable is genuinely engaged followership. And so if the only metric that you're tracking is how many people like your Facebook page, for example, that's probably not telling you the whole story. What you probably should be looking at is the engagement of the individuals who you have. So yeah, there, there are a lot of different ways. And, and I also encourage organizations to think about 
internal engagement with staff is one of the things that you measure, one of the things that you, including your content strategy, how, you know, you have your target audiences of your members and your prospective members, make sure that you include your staff as a critical target, and then see through however you sort of measure staff engagement. Some organizations have pretty robust and sophisticated ways of surveying their staff. These are some of the bigger organizations that we work with, but they do understand through year-over-year tracking how their staff is feeling about certain initiatives, and so include your social media initiatives on that kind of tracking. Other ways that you can look at it is to just go through your posts and see if you're getting staff members to engage with it. That's kind of the most basic way. And that can be, some of it can be a little bit anecdotal, but you might be able to report that you have a certain percent of your content mix this year came from staff generated ideas. And that could be a really meaningful metric in addition to how many people like your pages, how many people engage with your posts, how many click-throughs you got, and and how much web traffic you you were driving with your paid social. And so all of those things can help you gauge how well you're doing with your social program. So you just provided a, a good list of not just quantitative, but also qualitative things you can analyze in terms of social media. What about video in terms of its uh, relation to social media? Mm-hmm. There's such great data out there, I guess mm-hmm. I want to say, uh, on using video. What's your perspective? Yeah, you know, absolutely. We're seeing video perform really well for organizations. And the challenge there is a lot of organizations maybe think that they can't get in the video game because of the production requirements. And so what's what's interesting about that is, you know, we, of course, love to produce beautiful, highly produced video, but social channels don't always need things to be really, really highly produced. So depending on the kind of content that you're developing, it might just be mobile phone video that you're getting through Instagram or Vine. And the expectation is that it's very poor production quality because that's appropriate for the channel and for the message. But, you know, things like tutorials or things that ha- that are a little bit more product or service focused, it's probably worth investing in and producing those a little, a little better, some branded graphics and things like that. And so we are seeing that some of our clients are starting to bring video capacities onto their marketing team so that they can in-house do some basic video production. Some organizations have had those kinds of capacities in-house just so that they can handle their own corporate communications. Things like, you know, quarterly town halls. If their geography is so spread out that it's difficult to get all their staff together, they will produce videos of the CEO sharing what's been going on and maybe feature someone else on the leadership team talking about a specific initiative. And they, you know, there are some organizations that already have those kinds of in-house capacities. And so great, build on that and start to produce some content that you can leverage through social channels. And then of course, you know, if you need, and there are, I know a lot of agency partners who would love to be talking to you about that as well. I just spoke at a couple of different conferences. One of the conversations that is trending right now is how can you leverage your, maybe your call center staff, for example, 
to support some of the customer service type content that comes through these channels versus having your marketing department do that. And so that's a big conversation. A lot of organizations are talking about it right now and are interested in figuring out how to do it successfully. We didn't have very many organizations in the room this year who had fully moved to that model, but it's something that is on a lot of people's minds is how, how can you have the marketing team that has marketing expertise be using these as marketing channels and then recognize that they are also for a lot of your members, their preferred platform for questions or complaints or, you know, the kind of feedback that traditionally would be handled through a call center. And so how can you have a team that has the expertise to deal with those types of communications also have the expertise to do it on those platforms? That's really interesting. Involving team members to be part of that social media team. It doesn't have to be the marketing team. In fact, I'm absolutely fascinated by this uh, conversation here uh, this afternoon. I appreciate the time, Charlotte, that you took to be part of the podcast interview. And I know our listeners will appreciate your viewpoints, your perspective, and, and the role that social media has in the overall strategy of the organization. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. It's a fascinating and fun area to be involved in. And I think we are an industry that has a lot of opportunities to do more in it. So thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Q's. Subscribe to this podcast and Apple iTunes to receive the newest episodes as soon as they are available. If you think this podcast has been a service to you, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating and a comment on iTunes. That really helps us get the word out about our services for credit union leaders. For more talent development content from Q's, visit cues.org now. If you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit Q's.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.